We might be too young to have a spotted cow, but we are both diehard Packers fans. I could talk about this for hours. He was my legend. He was my quarterback one. Taysom Hill, forever in my heart. You have a kind of a reputation of being the young, the young diehard fans. How is that, Dr. Pepper Taysom? Amazing. Hey, good. Let's keep it under 25 minutes, all right? Welcome back to the Underage Packers podcast. I am Joey welcoming you to episode number 74. We are so, so close to the regular season. This is the final episode of the preseason, of the offseason. We are almost there. Big B is back with me again. He's been with me all offseason, recapping the draft for our second season of Underage Packers. Big B, welcome to the show. Yes, thank you. Thank you. We are back. Yes, I, I love rocking the, the new 50s gear. I mean, comfortable, like, what, what, how are you feeling in the fit? Feels clean. Feels, feels clean, clean, feels slick. It looks like a poncho slash a button-up. Like, I, I, I really dig it. I love the GB. Hopefully that doesn't wear off too quickly. Um, yes. But I like, I like the year you got the training camp hat on as well so like nice nice fit for for today's episode all right let's do this so uh episode 74 recapping the preseason ended it off talking about the roster that will be finalized this upcoming tuesday august 31st um let's first talk about uh this preseason so the packers go winless they do not win any of the three games how tragic. Nobody cares that they lost besides your aunt on Facebook. Um, they escaped with no major injuries. Obviously, um, they had a few like uh, Chris Blair, DeAndre Tompkins, um, some other Will Redmond, uh, Devin Punches. But other than that, no starters, nobody that was really projected to make the 53-man roster, in my opinion, got injured. So that's uh, the best thing. And I really thought we, uh, this team, these young guys on the team got a lot of valuable time out there on the field. Uh, let's talk about the guy, the man of the preseason, the guy we have been waiting for a long time to watch since April of 2020. And that is Jordan Love. And uh, two and a, through four and a half quarters of this preseason, he went uh, 24 out of 35 uh, for 271 yards. One touchdown, one interception to match that, and an 89.1 passer rating. So, fair game. Uh, those stats, I would say, uh, give you the same impression uh, from his play. He showed me uh, a lot of things that I wasn't expecting to see, a lot of things that you would expect to see out of his second-year quarterback who had very little offseason time uh, last year. Bigby, what did you think of Jordan Love's preseason performance? I thought he did great um, for his first action in the NFL. Um, didn't make a lot of dumb throws, which I was. There, were the, there was some. There was some, but not as many as I thought. So that really made me happy. And I'm excited for our future now. Yeah. Um, we didn't have a reference point of last year. And I tweeted that out yesterday that it's, it kind of makes it more difficult to evaluate. We didn't get to see a rookie version of Jordan Love. The only tape we had to compare to was his senior year at Utah State. So um, 
we'll, we'll see next year. Next year, we might not have this evaluation period uh, that we're lucky to have right now to see uh, what he looks like before he has to go out there as a starter. Um, but a lot of ball game left. I really liked what I saw from Jordan. Um, and yeah, we'll have to see. Hopefully he doesn't get any opportunities for the rest of the season, unless we are up by 50 points. Um, all right. That's Jordan Love talk. Uh, let's talk about some rookies now. 2021 draft class. Um, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of good. Uh, from the 2021 Packers draft class during this preseason, during this camp. Uh, let's start off with cornerback Eric Stokes, pick 29 from Georgia. Big B, we didn't get to see too much of Eric, but what did you think overall? Uh, I don't think he really, I think he was inactive against the Bills yesterday, but what did you think of Eric Stokes in his uh, first two preseason games? I mean, he he looked like a rookie cornerback. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty going to – assume that that was how he was going to look yeah he did have that one nice pass breakup versus the jets i'm pretty sure i don't remember yeah. but yeah i thought he I thought he just looked like a rookie cornerback yeah we were all throughout this in the pre-draft process we were saying you know they really need a cornerback however corner rookie cornerbacks uh specifically take a lot longer to get the hang of things uh, in the NFL, there's a much bigger jump for quarterback corners uh, from NCAA to the NFL game. Uh, we saw that with a lot of rookie cornerbacks last year, and that's a trend you can see pretty much with a lot of rookie cornerbacks. And then that second year, they really get to take things to a next level. And that's kind of why I see Kevin Keene, uh, to many fans' chagrin, uh, <laughs> taking uh, – going out there and starting for at least the start of the season. Uh, Jared Alexander, former first-round draft pick in his rookie year, uh, he was very good. Uh, obviously not where he is now or even in his second year, but he even did not get too many opportunities at the very start of the year. But I like what I saw from Stokes. Like you said, he made some mistakes. He bounced back from some of them. Uh, but overall, we really didn't get to see him too terribly much. Uh, next up is center Josh Myers. Looks like he's going to be among the starting offensive line uh, at the very start of the season. I am so excited for this kid um, getting to start on one of the greatest offensive lines in the league was definitely one of the top three, top five offensive lines last year. And then getting to slide in and replace uh in Corey Lindsley's steps, he's got some big shoes to fill, replacing Corey Lindsley now with the Chargers. Uh, but Big B, we, uh, it's, you know, it's kind of hard from watching TV film to see what a center offensive lineman can do. But how confident are you in Josh Meyer's second-round pick going out there and starting at center for the Packers? Well, I've been on the Josh Myers wagon since he's been drafted. So I have full confidence in jo Josh Myers. I absolutely love him so much. Yes. Uh, yeah, it looks like he's really ready. Uh, no challenges, no obstacles uh, to overcome, really. He's a big guy. Um, obviously, there's be some stuff we'll have to learn with uh, Adam Stinovich, great offensive line coach. Hopefully he will be ready and there won't be uh, too many rookie uh, challenges to overcome. Moving on to the third round, Amari Rogers, 
And obviously this pick, you kind of have to look at it from a different perspective in a good and bad way now with Randall Cobb now back on the Packers. I still cannot believe that happened. And we are like probably exactly a month since the Packers trade for, uh, for Texans wide receiver. Randall Cobb was finalized. I cannot believe Aaron Rodgers was on a phone call with Brian Gutekinds with his agent and said, I am not going back to the Packers unless you trade for what 30 something year old Randall Cobb. Like that is <laughs> bewildering. So bizarre. So bizarre. So bizarre. Like, like what, what is the 2021 Green Bay Packers? I do not know. What was the soft season? I I'm not sure, but Randall Cobb is on the Packers. So just going to, Go along with that, I guess. Um, but Mari Rogers. Now, obviously, there was a lot of talk when he was drafted. Uh, Mari Rogers this past year in the third round from Clemson about his relationship with, uh, at the time, former uh, Packers wide receiver Randall Cobb. Uh, basically, Amari's dad was Randall's wide receiver coach at Kentucky. Um, so, and they got to, they were well acquainted with each other. I love that. Amari Rogers was 13 when he knew Randall Cobb and now they're on the same offense in the NFL kind of kind of crazy kind of wild um he's obviously going to be a big mentor to him and not only that uh that they know each other they have that previous relationship they play the exact same role in Matt LaFleur's offense it's going to be very exciting um, Amari Rogers, I really like what I saw from him at our two camp practices, making some really acrobatic catches. Um, yeah, obviously he's a shorter dude, um, but he, he really, he's, he's thick and be used a lot in their backfield. Um, as far as special teams goes, he did have that one botched, uh, punt return in the first preseason game. And I don't think we saw too much of him on the special teams after that. But Big B, any thoughts on the Swiss Army knife and uh, Wajasiva Amari Rogers? Never do that again. Um, yeah, I don't know. He had a, had a couple catches, but nothing that I can put my analyst brain towards. <laughs> yeah, nothing too notable uh, in the yeah. preseason for Amari. But we'll, we'll see. Um, how much involvement he gets early on in this offense. All oh, right. Wait. He did oh. have an end around. I do remember he did have an end around play, which is pretty cool. Oh, did he? If I'm, it didn't go that far if I'm remembering correctly, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but that's besides the point. We'll have, to, I'm really excited for him. Uh, Royce Newman, big offensive lineman, second offensive lineman the Packers took in this year's draft. I love him. Big B, a lot of talk, especially the second preseason game. He really looked like he had turned the switch on. The light bulb went off uh, for Royce Newman from Ole Miss. Uh, what do you project for him in this upcoming season? Um, To be honest, I think he's going to start um, to begin the season. I don't know about when David Bakhtiari comes back. I don't know how all that's going to play out and stuff but he's definitely going to be the starter to become the season and he's he's looked really good too yeah uh really big guy as well at offensive guard um really excited to see i mean early on in camp we were looking at probably lucas patrick ben braden was getting a lot of looks john runyon i don't think we even ever considered uh royce newman being in that field even as fourth rounder 
But after these past two preseason games, some good practices, it does look like um, he might be getting that starter nod at right guard to start the season uh, next to most likely uh, Billy Turner at right tackle. Next up, uh, try to get through these uh, last few a little quicker here. We got cornerback Shamar Jean Charles or Shamar John. My apologies. But he's a really physical corner. Showed a lot of um, fine stuff. Obviously, he's going to be a backup to start off the year. Um, really like what he could do tackling some guys. So excited for him. Uh, next up, we have TJ Slayton, also in the fifth round. Just a few picks after him. I absolutely love him. Obviously, you got to love TJ Slayton bringing some big, uh, some, a lot of pounds to that defensive line alongside Kenny Clark uh, and Dean Lowry. Um, big B, any thoughts on TJ or Shamar? John? Um, <laughs> I hate you. Um, TJ is a big, big boy, and he's going to be very good in the run game, I think. Yeah. Dude's a monster. I'm so excited to see what he does during the season next to Kenny Clark. It's going to be a f- so much fun. I really, you know, I don't know if I can take this uh, for my heart. It might be unhealthy, but I really want the 2012 type style opening game against the Saints. You know, like let's get a Randall Cobb kickoff return or maybe Amari Rodgers passing the torch um, and let's have TJ Slayton make a goal line stop. Like, I am all in for that one right there. Let's uh, do it. Let's do it. Um, next up, six rounders. We got Isaiah McDuffie, Cole Van Lannan. Cole Van Lannan, we don't really need to talk about another depth piece on the offensive line. We'll see if he makes roster. Isaiah McDuffie, though, I was kind of on the border, on the fence uh, with him making the roster. But after his game in his hometown of Buffalo, on this past Saturday, I think there's a shot uh, that he makes a roster as an inside linebacker and a special teamer. So that will be exciting to see. And finally, oh, well, I have to get Kylan Hill to serve his own special talking point. Um, but w- what did you think of Isaiah McDuffie yesterday from Boston College? The dude's a tackling machine. But then again, we said this about Ty Summers, and Ooh. we see how that went. Oof. So I'm just gonna sit back and hopefully it not does not go the Ty Summers route. But uh, I love what I saw from Isaiah McNuffy. You bring up a good point. I feel like there's been a lot of inside linebackers that are easy to get hyped about in the preseason. There is like there's like that one game every preseason yep. for one inside linebacker that has like 10 tackles. Everybody gets hyped about them and it doesn't do anything else yeah, except I, be a special teams player yeah. every single year. I do specifically remember that from Isaiah's or uh, Ty's rookie year. Yeah. Like, come on. Watch. We'll, we'll, we'll sit back and watch play out. And finally, I will – the Kylan Hill, seventh rounder from Mississippi State. Dude is an animal, absolute beast. I am so excited to have him behind Thunder and Lightning. A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones, the third of Thunder and Lightning, Kylan Hill is the the rain, the sleep behind them with the big stars in front. Like, cannot wait for this guy. Hopefully he gets involvement uh, pretty early on in the season or any at all at some point in this offense, either in the receiving game. I mean, on that screenplay, that was quite the moves from him. Uh, Getting a 
ground quite a few guys on both of his touchdowns, man. It, they were pretty much identical, except one was a pass play screen. But goes to the right side, swerves in and out, and dives into the end zone. I love it from Kylan. Um, obviously, a lot of good and very little bad from Kylan Hill's uh, first two preseason games. Big B, uh, any thoughts? Like, how did this dude fall to the seventh round is my question. I feel like every time he touches the ball, something good happens. And I just – I kind of want him to start. But yeah. it's going to be a while until that happens. Like, he's that good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't imagine him running behind David Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Josh Myers, who was ever the starting right guard, and Billy Turner. Like, I Like, after watching – these guys for three weeks, I cannot wait to see the starters, man. Like that, that gets you really excited to see Aaron Jones, Aaron Rodgers, and Devontae Adams here in L. Um, now it is time to crown the Jake Kumro preseason hero award for the 2021 preseason. Big B, who is your winner this year? All right, the winner is Malik Taylor. All right, Malik Taylor um, has had a way better camp than Jay Kumaro ever wanted to have. Like he has been, he has been good. In quietly having a good camp, I would say. Quietly, well, yeah, yeah, I'd say quietly. <laughs> he, had a, he had a quietly first good game um, versus who is it? Who do we even face? Houston. I don't know. Whoever faced people on <laughs> Houston, he had a good game then. Jets, he was phenomenal. Just catching everything like he's an all-around good wide receiver and I cannot wait to see him with throwing or him catching the ball from Aaron Ratches it's gonna be be great if he gets some playing time yeah I really like this past week after the Jets game where you have those two great catches from the goat Kurt and Kurt um like you know goat without the second goat Kurt and Curtis um but after that that second game, you know, Devin Funches is injured. EQ is injured. Juan Winfrey is injured. It really um, was real, looked like a landslide for Malik Taylor to make the roster, and it does look like that at this point. And he was really kind of an underrated candidate in that wide receiver six battle because of his special teams ability that I don't think people – it's talked about so much. I feel like it's an oversaturated part about um, – this roster construction period, and I absolutely hate it, but I really, uh, you know, he adds quite a bit of value as returner, gunner. Uh, so Malik Taylor hopefully uh, gets some opportunities as a, a wide receiver too as well. I mean, if you remember the week four game against Atlanta in 2020 where Devontae Adams was hurt and Alan Lazard was hurt, so we were running out there with Malik Taylor, EQ St. Brown, MVS might have been hurt. I can't remember correctly, but we were very bare at that wide receiver room. Malik Taylor had a good, few good catches, so we'll see uh, the opportunities he gets as wide receiver six for the upcoming season. Uh, that's lo- what it looks like. Yeah, he, like Malik Taylor pulled out his inner Jordy Nelson on some of them sideline catches. <laughs> like I thought Jordy Nelson was out there. It was that, that, it was that good. Right, you know, change the number like change the dial on the number one up you know like i we, might we be want... overreacting here but i look like jordy <laughs> we nelson. are not calling malik taylor jordy <laughs> nelson all right we'll put that put that out yeah we are but we aren't calling him yeah jordy exactly 
Uh, my Jake Kumro award goes to uh, Jack Heflin. Talked a little bit about him. Um, big boy, lunch pail guy on the defense line. Should help out a lot in the uh, defense line run stopping game. Tyler Lancaster, I still think, has a spot on this roster just for depth. They really they don't have too many defense linemen. But Jack Heflin uh, really did a good job this preseason. All right, let's talk here about we have some headlines to talk about. We won't spend too much time on them because you probably already heard plenty of thoughts on some news stories this past week. But Kamal Martin, former fifth-round pick, was released. Kodar Holman, former sixth-round draft pick, traded to the Houston Texans uh, for a seventh-round draft pick. And Devin Funches, uh, he had an injury um, that he suffered during a week of practice after the Texans game. Uh, they originally put him on IR, and then they released him with the injury settlement. So uh, it was already – he still had a lot of ground to prove, more than a lot of people thought, uh, to get a spot on this, that roster. So uh, they released him, and uh, now we'll have to see what the future looks like for Devin Punches, who these past three years, um, the forces of nature have not treated him too well. Uh, and decisions that he didn't know would impact him that much uh you know 2019 uh, being out with a year being out for the whole year with an injury after signing with the colts uh comes to the packers opts out of the 2020 season due to covid and in 2021 season ending injury so three years now for devin punches um you know he said on twitter that he didn't expect it to be placed on ir i think the packers kind of wanted to avoid him, find an easy way to get out of him. Um, so he's injured now. Well, I'm sure we'll see if he gets any offers by another team. I think he put some slightly impressive stuff on film, some really nice stuff on film against Texans. So we'll have to see, though, if another team gives him a chance. Not that I care, though. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I really like Kadar Holman getting something out of a player that you're probably going to cut. Uh, Kamal Martin was surprising. Um, I did I did say in my roster prediction video, though, that I wouldn't be completely surprised if he gets cut. I don't know exactly if he would have been eligible for the practice squad, but he did end up getting cut. I was kind of surprised to see it, though, um, at the 80-man cut down. Like, there's real – why not keep him until you have to cut down the 53? That was kind of surprising to me, though. But yeah. – he did pass waivers, so obviously no team was really eyeing him up. Um, but anything you uh, want to add to those three moves? No, I'm just really shocked that Kamal got cut, like you said, at the 80-man cut down yeah. instead of this upcoming 53-man cut down. And just, I don't know. I just don't know what happened with Kamal. I'm just still kind of shocked over that. And I had such high hopes after him having such a good camp yeah. last year. Yeah. I mean, he had, he suffered with injuries all throughout his short lived time with the Packers had some injuries with his, uh, with his time in Minnesota with the college team, not the Vikings. Um, yeah. And there was obvious those, that was a huge concern when he was drafted and yeah, there were also off-field concerns. So being drafted in the fifth round, the Packers kind of looking at it as, uh, you know, a low-risk, high-reward high type pick. Uh, they didn't end up getting that high investment, though. <laughs> high reward. Um, so that's that. 
Now let's get to some exciting stuff. The Packers revealed their alternate jerseys after quite a few months of waiting, getting excited for them. Um, I I'm, I wasn't expecting I, – I guess I kind of was. I was really the only option. They said – Mark Murphy said there was going to be a shade of green, and if you look back at their former their prior jerseys, uh, this was really the only one with a shade of green before the classic green jersey yellow pants that are really have been modified over time since 1960. Um, but I really like these. Like they do kind of look like uh, high school or college, uh, but I, I really like them. I think they do a pretty good job at making uh, the jerseys that they wore 70 years ago more modern. Um, really like the the clothing the clothesline clothing line they put out with that. Love the the attire you got on today. Uh, but Bigby, what what were your uh, initial thoughts of uh, the new uh, Packers slowback jerseys? Um, I thought I thought, or I should say, I think that they are very nice. Um, like you said, they they really bring out they look really. Uh, it's weird. Can't, like modernized. Modernized. That's it. I'm bad. I'm bad with words. I need to go back to school here soon. Um, <laughs> They really modernized the jerseys. They look super nice. I love the really dark shaded green instead of the very, very bright green garbage that's on the actual jerseys. Yeah. And hopefully soon I can get a Bobby Dylan customized jersey. Oh, that would be sick. Why did the Packers have to suck when they wore those jerseys, though? Like, Bobby Dylan is is a nice idea. But, like, if they had another legend, like, if – they had another absolutely iconic Hall of Famer legend when they wore those jerseys. It would be sick. Like, imagine getting a Paul Horning jersey of that. Like, that would still be sick, but it wouldn't make that much sense because he never wore it. But yeah. I mean, Dave Hanner. I feel... <laughs> Dave Hanner? I don't yeah, I don't know he's... if I need the Dave Hanner jersey, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, but that's the second best I could come up with. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I would love to get a custom one, but uh, like I think they're on back order, and by the time you get it, it would be after they play the game where they wear them. It's like <laughs> that, that'd be pretty pointless. Um, but that's besides points. That's the '50s classic jerseys. I like them. All right, we. I feel like this has this episode has gone on really long. I don't know how long we've been recording at this point, but let's get to the 53-man roster talk. And I put out a video, a clip uh, from a video on Twitter earlier this week where I was saying people get so caught up in this initial 53-man roster and they act like it's life or death. Like they act like if Juan Winfrey doesn't make this roster, then his opportunity is completely lost or that it's set in stone that Juan Winfrey will never get a chance over Malik Taylor. And people often forget, especially – you know, only at this time of the year that there is so much roster movement, uh, players in flux throughout the year, especially those bottom of the roster guys. If Cole Van Lannan makes a roster, he's still going to have to fight hard and practice any opportunity he gets to keep that spot on the roster. Um, so that's some point and reminder. Some people took it as that I felt I had come up with this crazy idea that I was the only one in the world that knew 
how the practice squad works, which was not the point I was trying to get across, but more just the fact don't get so caught up, so obsessed uh, with this 53-man roster construction. Um, All right, let's get it to it, though. We got a few players that we want to hit on um, for the Packers make their cutdowns this 31st. So um, let's start off going position by position with the quarterbacks. The only one to really talk about here, obviously, Rodgers. I was pretty surprised uh, with how well Rodgers did this camp, but I think he did well enough to get himself a roster spot. Um, Jordan Love, obviously, making the roster. And then you have Kurt. Ben Kurt, you know, I really want Kurt Ben Kurt to earn himself a spot. Unfortunately, though, I have a bad feeling, a bad, bad feeling that the Kurt Ben Kurt era is coming to an end in Green Bay. It has come to an end. I unfortunately, I think deep down in my stomach, I know that I don't want it to, but I know there's no way they keep them. I know there's no way they're able to sneak them onto the practice squad. So even if, like, it's not just what he adds with his talent, but he's just such a character guy, uh, such a great Twitch streamer. So we'll, we'll miss some here in Green Bay. Obviously, I wish him the best. I hope he gets to go to a team, um, Washington, maybe some other teams that are looking for a good backup and he can – eventually work his way up to a starting quarterback. But And then uh, we'll trade a first-rounder for him next year so we can be the backup to Jordan Love. That will, it will just be a direct trade for Kirk Kurt, Aaron Rodgers. Like, switch him over. That I'd sounds like – yeah, sounds like fair compensation to me. Uh, hopefully he goes to the Lions so we can do Kurt, Aaron Rodgers for Jamal Williams and Kirk Kurt. Maybe John Allenson included in that, or no, Tim Boyle, Tim Boyle, Tim Boyle. and Romano. So you got Aaron Rodgers for well, recap here. Kurt Binkert signs with the Lions, and then next offseason we trade Aaron Rodgers for Kurt Binkert, Geronimo Allison, Jamal Williams, and Tim Boyle, and that defensive lineman that I'm forgetting about. Yes, like boom, that sounds dream to me. That's it. Yeah, that, that's the golden plan. That's what Brian Gutekinds has been working out for the past five years, really. Yep. Um, all right. <laughs> I, I don't know what we're, what we're talking about. We're talking about how we're getting Jamal Williams back. That's, that's what we're yes, talking about. Exactly. Uh, Kurt Binkert, yeah. He won't make the roster, probably most likely. Hard to sneak him onto the practice squad. All right, let's move on to the offensive line. Lucas Patrick. Um, I think it's a really interesting one. The Packers have plenty of depth pieces. They've been trying to get a lot of people, a lot of faces in into the offensive guard uh, position. Cole Van Lannon, uh, Royce Newman, Tim Braden. It looks like they're trying to get a, a cheaper, younger replacement for Lucas Patrick at offensive line. Big B, do you think Lucy, Lucas Patrick makes this roster? Um, yes, yes, I do. I think Lucas Patrick makes it just because of his versatility that he can play literally anywhere. And of course center, cause we have literally nobody behind Josh Myers. Yeah. So I think that's a big piece in him making the roster this year. 
Yeah, I want to say, like, well, Cole Van Landon and those other guys are cheaper, but Lucas Patrick is obviously better. You know, like, yep. while that come like, cost, age comes into factor, Lucas Patrick is better. You know, like, he isn't – he's not TJ Lane, but he's not Byron Bell, you know, like – that's uh, so. I'll I'll certainly be looking, uh, interested to see what they end up doing with Lucas Patrick. Um, wide receiver six. I think we collectively agree on. Uh, not just us, but everybody on Twitter. Every uh, buddy that pays attention agrees that Malik Taylor will be wide receiver number six. Uh, Dominique Daphne at tight end, there's obviously an interesting situation with Jay Sternberger being suspended for the first two weeks, not counting as a spot on the 53-man roster. I just cannot see the Packers only having three tight ends for uh, those first two weeks. Uh, and I think Dominique Daphne does a lot of stuff better than Jace. Um, yeah. Really good blocker. So Jay Sternberger might be suspended, and then the Packers might say, "Well, sorry." <laughs> like, wait, so are wait, so are you saying that the Packers are going to keep Bronson Confuci or whatever you say his name? No, is? no, I no. I'm not saying that. No, no. Are I'm you saying, saying Dominic Daphne is replacing Jace? Yeah. No, but you said that I don't see him keeping just three during. Yeah, the first I'm two. saying well. So, Josiah, you gotta, you gotta, Josiah, you Josiah, explain count, yourself Josiah counts as the tight end. Okay. So, all right. All right. Um, yeah, Bronson, Pussy, Daniel Crawford, Crawford is the least, but yeah, no, it's it's Tom <laughs> Daphne, not J, not Kafusi. <laughs> um, all right. Moving on to the defensive side of the ball, outside linebacker, four and five. Obviously, I'd. They're going to keep somebody outside of um, Preston, Zedarius, and Rashawn. Last year, that was Jonathan Garvin, who wasn't active for a single game, I believe, besides very few when either Preston, Zedarius had injuries sporadically throughout the year. Um, I'm a big Jonathan Garvin fan. I think he makes a roster. He's, um, I think the most evident thing you can take is, you know, he was – lining up with the ones when Zedarius was inactive, not at practice. So he's the outside linebacker number three. So I think they like him. Also a guy who has had a really good um, preseason is Delonte Scott. Um, also Chauncey Rivers. My, is Delonte Scott a defensive end? You know, I don't know. At <laughs> this point, I just don't know. That's a good question. I know – with Chauncey Rivers, though, um, that had a, a pretty good game against the Bills yesterday. I would not be surprised to see them keep him as well. Um, but really just numbers game, see how things shake out. Um, finally, Equinemius St. Brown talked a lot about wide receiver. He's been injured all this past year or injured pretty much all this offseason, injured all of 2019. He really hasn't had too many chances work in Matt LaFleur's offense, and when he's had, it's shaky. I think this has to be the interim. We had that one touchdown versus the Titans. 
Oh, yes, you did. Yes, you did. That's literally the only thing I can remember from his career is that uh, one. The show. only thing you can't remember a two point conversion? Two point conversion. That he dropped at Lambeau Field in January. Oh, yeah, I do remember that now. That they shouldn't have gone for two on that play, anyways, but we don't, we don't need to uncover pass wounds, though. All right. I feel like we do that happens every single Packers chat though. Somehow the NFC Championship game failures come up. Yeah, why did you bring that up? Come on, I, I, hey man, we're talking about EQ and how he hasn't done much. <laughs> um, could I, I really at least hope that 49ers game on Monday night a couple of years ago? Uh, a couple of nice grabs on the sideline. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, his, his rookie year, he looked better than EQ. Jamon Moore looked better than EQ and MBS, but 2018 wide receiver draft class, man. Oh this, Lord. What okay. an episode. What an episode. This is really, yeah. I don't, I don't know what's going on. What episode EQ though. Gotta love them. All right. Starting off to line projections. We have one, then we'll have one more thing to talk about and that will wrap it up for preseason. Um, well, let's just hear it without David Bakhtiari. And then once David Bakhtiari comes back, eventually starting offensive line projection for you, Big B. All right. We'll go Elton Jenkins, Lucas Patrick, Josh Myers, Royce Newman, Billy Turner. I'm keeping the exact same one, I'm, I, except I'm having uh, J- uh, John Runyon at left guard. Um, okay. For once David Boxer comes back, I think this offensive lineman is going to be a pretty well-versed. Like, obviously, that whole left side of the line, just like last year, should be pretty strong. Uh, David Bakhtiari at left tackle. Um, Elton Jenkins shifting back over to left guard. Center Josh Myers. Right guard, maybe Royce Newman if he shows enough those first few weeks. Or maybe they like John running better once that time comes. Uh, and then right tackle, tackle. Uh, once again, we'll see what Billy Turner presents, and then you always have Dennis Kelly as well as an option there at right tackle. Man, no love for Lucas Patrick over. No love, side. no love at all. Wow, rude. Yeah, well, I mean, but like last year, things change quickly. I mean, Lane Taylor is out for the season. That presents uh, plenty of opportunities throughout the season for Lucas Patrick and um, John Runyon. So. A lot of things can change really quickly, uh, specifically along the offensive line. All right. One final thing. I'm so excited to finally be talking about week one. Um, If you live under a rock, haven't been paying attention, Hurricane Ida currently going over New Orleans, um, which 2005 Saints Hurricane Katrina affected the Saints football team quite a bit. Obviously, the number one priority is people being safe. We care about more than, than the football game. But, um, yeah, obviously, hopefully people are safe. But there could be an impact uh, two weeks from now when the Packers have to travel down to play the Saints. Um, I think they, they hopefully learned some lessons from last time on uh, the Superdome. Hopefully that's more protected. Um, however, you know, the whole city could be – and a lot of disarray even in two weeks now. Um, so we'll have to see if anything changes up uh, with 
that week one game. If anything, they obviously wouldn't play it at Lambeau Field. Um, but the Saints are practicing right now in Dallas with the Cowboys facilities. So we'll have to see day-to-day type thing, see uh, how destructive the hurricane ends up being. And then a lot of ball game left on how it might affect Packers week one game against the Saints. Well, that was quite a doozy of an episode. I feel like that could have either been 30 minutes or an hour long. Um, Any final words, Big B? Go Paco. Oh, wow. I (laughs) tell you, thought long and hard about that one. I did. I love it. No better choice, though. Couldn't be better, though. Um, Thanks, everybody, for watching. Make sure you follow us on all the social medias. If you stuck through and listened to this whole episode, applaud to you. Applause to you. Uh, Thank you so much. Um, That's all we got for you today. We'll see you later. Uh, Week one content firing on all cylinders sometime very soon. I'm so excited to be actually previewing opponents. Me and Big B will probably be talking about the final or the initial 53-man roster uh, sometime in the middle of this week. Um, thanks for, for all the support. We'll see you later. As always, go Pack Go.